all. Welcome to Fast Cars and Freedom, your Worst Take Network NASCAR podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and my boys, Matt and Dee. What up, girl? What up? So this is episode three, episode Earnhardt, senior. Senior, baby. Senior. We had a crazy, crazy weekend. We had the Truck Series race in Michigan. Then we had Road America race in the Xfinity Series. And then we had the doubleheader race in Michigan for the Cup Series. This weekend was packed and insane. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what to watch, when to watch. There's just so much going on. Yeah, there was a lot. It was nice, it, though. I loved it. 100%. I loved it. I did. I accomplished absolutely nothing this weekend. Nope. Like, my house is a mess. No laundry got done. I did cook. I did cook while I was watching the Xfinity race. But that's about it. Like, I didn't do anything else with myself but oh. watching NASCAR. I was watching NASCAR and working on my Coors Light sponsorship. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I figure if I drink enough of them, maybe they'll send me a free case. <laughs> you never know, Matt. You never know. You can always dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, did you watch... I know you didn't watch the truck race, Matt. Did you watch the truck race, D? No, I didn't get a chance to watch the truck race. I heard it was pretty good, though. It was good. It came on Friday. Um, I watched it. I will say... Zane Smith ended up winning the truck race, and... I like that kid. I like him a lot. And then he gave the interview afterwards uh, where dude was, I don't know how he wasn't actually bawling because you could hear it in his voice. He was just breaking down and they asked him why it was such an emotional win. And he said, I think everyone in this sport knows that this it takes money and I don't come from that. And it just broke my heart. Like that kid, I was so happy for him to get his first win like that. It was incredible. That's truck, awesome. So he won it on pure talent? He won it on pure talent. He's that's, like, that's dope. Damn. Yeah. I'm telling you, watch the truck series races when you get a chance. That kid is up there often. Often. He is up there. Good kid. Then we had the first Michigan race on Saturday. I, I think as far as the Michigan Cup Series race goes, I really think the only way to describe it is just pure domination. Yeah. Pretty much. Kevin yeah, Harvick. Yeah. He just destroyed the weekend. The first race on Saturday, he won both stages, and then he won the race. I don't even know how many laps he led, what stat that would be. That's insane. But on top of winning the race Saturday, he tied Lee Petty for most wins overall with 54. Which is a dope stat to have. Yeah, an yeah. 11th. To be in that group. Right. So then he comes back, though, on Sunday and wins Sunday's race. And now he is tied with Rusty Wallace in 10th for most all-time wins and he's only one race behind kyle bush now kyle bush is sitting at ninth with 56 wins so kevin harvick goes and wins another and the way 2020 is going kyle bush isn't going to get a win this season so harvick might just take over his spot too i can 100 percent see that happening he's had a solid car man yeah it's insane but that Saturday race, I thought, was pretty incredible. We got to see the Choose Cone back the first time since the All-Star yes. race. Yes. I did see that was in. I, was I like, love I it. I missed it. So I, I saw that people were posting about it. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, D didn't get to watch Saturday's race. But that was, yeah, the first time we did it. And the first time we did it since the All-Star race. And I am so in love with this. It shakes race. things up, man. It yeah. does. It really puts drivers in charge of their own fate. Chase Elliott um, <laughs> was not in love with his decisions because he like he made the first the first call to start on the bottom uh, coming back he was in like 13th or something 
crazy like that, makes the first call, first time coming up to the choose cone, everybody takes the uh, top, Chase comes down to the bottom, now he's restarting on second, and he gets away from Harvick, gets yep. away from the field, Harvick is on his tail the entire time, but Chase is holding him back. Granted, if the race had continued, I don't know where Chase would have ended up, but it didn't. We had like 20 cautions in the last 20 laps. It was ridiculous. And then he chooses the high line every single time restarting behind Harvick. And most of the time he was able to like hold on to that and stay top three. But then on that last restart, he ended up finishing in like seventh or something like that. So nothing worked out. I, I, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand. I don't know. If, if I go bottom the first time and I can get out front and then just battle to keep Harvick behind me, I think I'm going to do it again. Right. It worked the first yeah. time. Exactly. It worked. Why? I don't. Granted, I don't, I don't think that there's a single car on that track that could even stop Harvick this weekend. I think there were a couple cars that had the opportunity. I'm not sure Chase. I, I don't think Chase is one of those cars at all. Because until he made that decision to start bottom inside, like he was outside of the top 10 almost the entire day. He wasn't even in the conversation until he made that choice. But Keselowski... Kozlowski, Hamlin, Hamlin, Blaney, MTJ ended up finishing third both days too, so he was pretty consistent there. Yeah. But but those mm -hmm. guys really had something for him, I thought. And then, I mean, John Hunter Nemechek, that poor guy, it felt like Matt Kenseth all over again on Saturday because he brings out one caution, and then five laps, ten laps later, there's another caution. Oh, who is it? It's, it's John Hunter again. Five, ten laps later, yep. it's John Hunter again, like, that kid was just like Matt Kenseth. He brought two it out three ago. in a row, dude. It was bad. That poor guy just had a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Then I thought, how crazy, how crazy was it when Austin Dillon got into Austin Dillon got loose in front of Christopher Bell, and Bell had himself a good little run going. Rear ends Austin Dillon, not a hard hit, but enough to send Dillon into the wall. Dillon takes out Ryan Newman. Two weeks in a row, Ryan Newman gets taken out by something <laughs> that Christopher Bell was involved in. Yeah. I feel like if I'm if I'm Ryan Newman on that track, I'm not if Christopher Bell's anywhere near me, I'm either dropping back ten or I'm doing everything in my power to get in front of that guy yeah. and be nowhere near him. Every lab I'm asking the spotter where Christopher Bell's at. Where's he at Swear. now? Where's he at now? All right, cool. He's he's twenty behind you. That's not that's not far enough. Nope. Some, yeah. Somebody get that kid off this track right now. <laughs> Just that bad luck, man. Such bad luck. That was the last caution, too. But, God, we had we had so many restarts in those last 20 laps. It was insane. And just watching to see what drivers were going to do, what lane they were going to pick, what strategy they were going to take. I was yep. in love with it. I loved it. But then we got to see it again on Sunday. Yeah. Which yeah, was, I watched Sunday. So I yeah. was like, all right, you know. Which was a little bit more boring of a race. And Dee and I were talking earlier before you joined, Matt. Um, Dee said it was a snooze fest. And I told him, like, if he... Because this is Dee's first season really paying attention to the sport. So I told him, like, compared to the last five years at Michigan, this was actually a very interesting, fun, packed race at Michigan. Yeah, like, it definitely had stuff. its moments. Yeah. But I do think Sunday's race was a little bit more boring than Saturday's race. Yeah, it was a lot of green flag laps. It was a lot. Yeah. They had, what, like laps. half the amount of cautions that they had Saturday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They weren't even they weren't even close. But Boyer ended up winning the first stage, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah. 
I liked it, mm-hmm. and I like I liked Boyer's car a lot. Sunday, I like the wings. Yeah, I thought the that was really wings. cool. Yeah, yeah, with the cold corn and all that. Yeah, his spotter. I think it was his spotter actually said that he helped design that car. He had a hand in designing that car this weekend. That's oh, awesome. I did see that. Yep. Yeah. But it, now, if you sit back and you think about it, right? Because they inverted the what top twenty mm-hmm. for Sunday. These dudes drove all the way back up there. Like, yeah. If you think that's about like it, like Kevin that's Hart. Nuts. I mean, I think I saw him. I don't know if it was at the end of the stage or what on Sunday, but um, I saw like he went down pit road, got in. I think he went four tires and fuel, and he got up like six spots. And I mean, it put him right up there. Yeah. And it's just like starting from where he started because you know top twenty was inverted. I mean, it's just like how you know how does this continually? How does he keep doing it? Right. Like the man is just the man is unhinged. It's They're, crazy. They are dialed in. Yeah, they are. They are dialed in, and I think it's just gonna he's gonna keep getting wins and wins. Like the season's not over. I expect one more from yeah. him. Yeah, at least. Yep. He's actually on track right now. I read a stat earlier. He is on track right now to finish the season with nine wins, but he's never won more than eight in a season. That's so insane. This would be a personal record for him if he can get to nine. But actually, speaking of that, you know, I was looking it up today, talking about Kevin Harvick's domination of the season, period. So Harvick started the season and tied with Tony Stewart for 15th wins all times, all time, right? With okay. uh, f- with 49. He began the season with 49 wins, and he's already, he went from tied with Tony Stewart in 15th to tied with Rusty Wallace in 10th, and he's one win away from tying Kyle Busch in 9th, and then one win away from passing him and just completely taking over 9th. Like, that's insane to me that he's done mm-hmm. so much in one season, right? And then we're at 22 races for the season. Kevin Harvick's had 15 top fives, 19 top 10s. Only three races this season has he finished outside of the top 10. Get out of here. Yeah. That just, that just gave me goosebumps, girl. Like, yeah. that's nuts to think of. Only seven times out of the top five. That is ridiculous to me. Absolutely ridiculous that he is... He's doing that. But you know what I think is actually pretty cool and I'm excited to see during the uh, playoffs is so his worst finish this season was 26th and that was at Homestead, Miami, right? Okay. That was his worst finish this season. And then his other two bad finishes this this season were at Bristol and at Martinsville. Oh, snap. He finished 11th at Bristol and he finished 15th at Martinsville, right? Our third race of the playoffs is Bristol. Yep. Our third race of the playoffs is Bristol. Our second to last race of the playoffs is Martinsville. Yep. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy. Like this guy is literally dominating everything, but his two worst tracks are both coming back during the playoffs. That's insane to me. I can't wait to see what happens. He just needs to make his money now while he can. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Get all Go out them, there and get them. <laughs> get all them playoff points with his stage wins. I don't know. It's crazy. So what, okay, what I thought was really sad to see Saturday, and I know I bring this guy up every single week, but I love him. Eric Amarola broke his top 10 streak on Saturday. Yeah, that's rough. I wanted Uh, to see him get it. I really did. 10 for 10? Yeah, 10 for 10. How cool would that have been? That would have been But he came back Sunday and finished in the top 10 Sunday. Oh, but the crazy thing about that was, what was it? 15 laps to go was when the last caution came out. And Eric Amarola restarted 22nd on that restart, on that final restart. That's crazy. Restarted 22nd 
and then managed to drive all the way back up there. All the way back to sixth place from That's 20. That's crazy, man. Yeah. The dude can drive, man. He can. And I like I had my doubts like at first like he was getting lucky with the draw and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, you know, he's starting up front. But um yeah, I mean, seeing him restart at 22nd, I mean, he drove the entire way up the field to 6. And I was just like, oh wow, all right, like my man is for real. Like he's not he's not playing around. So No, he's hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I love seeing him back up there. I'm not I'm going to I'll stop talking about him when he stops doing good stuff. And I don't think it's going to be anytime soon, girl. I hope not. Yeah. Cuz I love to see it. Those guys are really starting to vibe too. Yep. Yep. So, Bell wrecked in in the Sunday race. He also kind of wrecked in the Saturday race or caused a wreck in the Saturday race, but Bell they just announced today that uh Joe Gibbs is signing him to the 20 car to replace Eric Jones nice. next year. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see with him having a, like being a member of that team. I think yeah. he's going to be able to shine a little more than what he's been, even though he still has been up there quite a few times. Like he's had some good runs. Yeah. I just LFR don't think he's very consistent. LFR wasn't necessarily a big money team or nothing. So like, you know what they were doing, you know, putting him in that car and, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm not sure if they're a big money team or not, but I mean, you know, no. they're only a, a one car team. So it's just like, all right, well, you kind of figure, yeah, they don't really have as much money, obviously, as everybody else. But I mean, for him getting in that and doing what he was doing, I mean, he's been up in second a couple times. Right. You know, running in the top 10. So like, I think him going to JGR, I think is going to be real big for him. So, yeah, he was running top five Sunday, wasn't it? For a hot minute. He yeah. was up in second, I'm pretty sure. Like, he was up there. He was, because I remember that first... Because uh, he was up there with Matty Dice. Stage, yeah, that first yeah. stage had Boyer, uh, Byron, Jones, Bell, and Matty Dice. Yep. Had all those guys in the top five. I loved I loved seeing that. I really liked that yeah. top five. solid top five. Yeah, it's not dudes we're talking about every single week. Yep. I really liked it. Matty D's getting up there, too. He's getting real, like... I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one. So I'm really waiting for him to get his, too. I can't I wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be cannot a good day. Yeah, I can't wait. That's actually why that was part of the reason why I picked Eric Jones as my picks for the weekend, because when Matt DiBenedetto at Bristol last year, when he heard he was losing his ride, uh, came out and did that Rocky thing and then came in second, I was sitting here like, Eric Jones, just show some fire this weekend, please. No, mm-hmm. you're a Michigan native. No Michigan natives ever won at Michigan. You just found out you're getting dropped, which I found out was a huge surprise to him. He found out Thursday when the rest of us found out yeah, that that's, he was getting dropped. Oh, that's damn. crazy, man. I, I did not. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's yeah. borderline dirty to me. I agree. Is, you know what I'm saying? Dirty. It is. And so I'm sitting here like I know that that's got to be gut wrenching to find out. I don't know how he found out, but I know he just found out. So. Finding out and then having to go race a doubleheader at Michigan, like come out there and prove to whoever has an opening spot, Hendrick, other teams, whatever, that you deserve this spot. 100%. Mm -hmm. And I thought he, I thought he tried really, really hard, but it just didn't. I mean, he came in 11th on Saturday's race, but he finished 27th in Sunday's race after he'd been in the top five for so long. It was like pretty disappointing. But he's still got time. I think he's just. I think he's got to find his fit. I mean, I think you know he didn't do terrible at Joe Gibbs, but I think you know he's he's got time to really find a you know a home. So, 
Right. I, I think he'll find it somewhere, but where, who knows. But. Yeah, I don't yep. see him being left and not catching a ride yeah. next year. I don't see that happening. Yeah. And everybody has their bad day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I, I, I agree with you. I think as soon as he gets put in a spot where, like, they're just clicking, he's going to be up there with all the rest of these guys, man. Like, he's not a yeah. terrible driver. No, he actually, Joey Logano used to race the 20, and Joey Logano was not amazing in the 28. And now, since he's moved to the 22 at Penske, like, look at him. Right. So, yep. Eric Jones just needs just needs a new ride, a new, a new team, new people. Maybe he'll get it figured out because he actually is a great race car driver and he's a he's a good kid. Oh, did you see? I know you saw it, Matt D. Did you see the story about him before the race with his dad's old car? It was a beautiful car. It was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. And his dad sold it to pay for Eric Jones uh, racing career to get him started, to get him going, to keep him in there. And then Eric Jones said that once he had the money, he would buy his dad's car back and give it to him. And then his dad passed away before he could do it. But he ended up buying the car back anyways and had some more things updated on it, did it even better. But like that just, I was like, oh, Eric Jones, why are you doing this to me right now? It hits you in the feels, man. Yeah, it was super sad. I didn't like it. It's cool to see those guys do stuff like that, though. You know what I mean? 100%. It just goes to prove that they're They're human, too. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I think we forget that. Yep. I think we forget that because they're, I think, uh, fans put drivers, athletes, period, in a in professional sports where we put them on a pedestal and forget that they're human beings, that they have lives, and that they're affected by life just the same way that we are. Right. And yeah. then it totally humanizes them to us when we hear stuff like that. So I love that they share that. Yeah, because a lot of them won't give you any of that. No. Some you know of them don't, right. don't share anything with you. Yeah. So I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, so we had a Twitter question that I would like to get to from Jeremy. He asked, uh, Chad Knauss went 17 months, his last 17 months with Jimmy Johnson without a win. He's yet to win a race with William Byron. Is Knauss holding William Byron back? If not, why hasn't Willie B won? So I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. That's a good one. That's a good question. That's like twice now. He's... Sin a real thinker, I feel like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I mean, got good questions. Yeah. It's hard for me to say that Chad Knauss, the crew chief of the seven time, is holding Willie B back. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that's where I would put all my eggs. Right. But like you said, I mean, he's he hasn't won yet. I don't I don't know. There are there have been some calls that were made. Granted, I don't know what's going on. But I'm like, yo, why are you doing this right now? That doesn't make any sense to me. Two tires a couple weeks ago. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I get it. He's on the bubble. Those guys are literally just racing for points right now. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you need to make the gamble. Like, take that gamble. Like, I don't care if we get zero points. Let's go for the win. If we get taken out due to our mistake, I mean, that's on us. But go out there and do everything you can and just shoot for the win. Stop playing it safe. Yeah. I agree, because I think consistency and always finishing up top or making the playoffs every year, that's not going to keep you in a full-time ride. Right. You, right. you have right. to win for people to be interested like that and for sponsors to want to see you. And, like, it's just – I don't think making the playoffs in barely every single year is what's going to keep you – keep teams interested in you, keep your sponsors paying for your ride. No, I don't – Yeah, because at a certain point, they're going to look at your career and be like, you haven't won anything. 
at all. Yeah. Like, why Why do we keep investing in somebody who finishes 10th, 15th, somewhere in there, or whatever? Because, I mean, on paper, sure, like, top fives and threes and stuff like that stand out every once in a while, but that could just be a good day. Unless Correct. you're doing it consistently every track, every race, or every even every other. But you get a win, you can usually snowball that, carry that momentum into, like, the next track. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just it keeps going and going. Like, I don't know. Me, personally, I feel like they need to go for the gamble. Let's go ahead and get this win. We're solidified, and then we'll worry about points later. I agree. Uh, Family Man Man at Team JGR Fan on Twitter said that, he said, I don't think Byron not winning has anything to do with Ganaus, but more to do with Chevrolet. Since 2018, Chevy only has 14 wins, seven of which were Elliott. During the same span, Ford has 39 wins, Toyota has 38. To me, it's clearly a manufacturer issue, not a Ganaus problem. Which got me thinking, that's actually a great point. Because I know when they switched, uh, they got the new Chevys in, the new Camaros last year. They were not amazing. Like, Chase Elliott really was the only hope over there. And then there was the one time uh, Talladega when Bowman and Elliott were battling. But other than that, like, when did we really hear about Chevys last year? But then this season, Chevy started so strong pre-corona and quarantine. And then post-corona... Chevy's not up there really anymore. Maybe all like, those drivers and teams are still trying to work around the package that they're given and they're still fine tweaking it. I'm telling you right now, I'm not a fan of this package. Was it the Xfinity race? Eight out of the top 10 were Fords. Eight nuts, out man. of the top 10 were Fords. Ridiculous. What do you think about the whole Willie B situation, D? Do you have any uh, input you would like to add? Um... I mean, I'm kind of with you, like what you were saying. I mean, this was this was JJ's, you know, crew chief. You know, I don't really think that Willie B is being held back. I really think that he just hasn't really hit his stride yet. I I think Willie B is really good. I don't really think there's any denying that. But I think for him, he's just gotta he's gotta get up there and he's gotta really build that confidence. And once I think once he does get his win, I think it's it's game over, man. I think he's really just gonna hit his stride and. And just run it. So, right. I, I like what you said, confidence. I really do think that that is a big thing with William Byron. I think it's yeah. been since he started, but I have seen it get stronger Which every is season. Awesome to see too. Like before, this guy stayed clear of other cars. Like he didn't want to touch them. He was trying to run the cleanest race he could. There now, there's there's been a couple times where he's doing a little bumping. He and said I on like the radio. It. He said on the radio this weekend, "I will run this mother effer over." Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear. Right? You want that fire in your drivers. And yeah. then who was it? Um, it was either a spotter. I think it was a spotter said, F and do it. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> They're in your way. Move them. Yeah. Get them out Where the way. Where was he running first at? I think he was running first at Kansas for a little while there. Uh, yeah, because that was the... Yeah, it was Kansas because it, was, it, was, it wasn't New Hampshire last week and it was the weekend before. And right. That's when they made that two-tire call that... That's what, yeah. Yep. Screwed the pooch on that one. But he was, yeah, I was like, okay, Willie B, like, he was, and like, he was getting clear because I, I can't remember who was running second, but he, he was, was... He was pulling away, bro. Yeah, he was really putting some space in between them and I was just like, oh, like, he might take this, so... I and thought this... for sure that was going to be the race that Willie mm-hmm. B gets his first dub. Yep. I did too. I think this goes back to exactly what Family Man said. Like, it's a manufacturer issue because 
The same thing this week. If you've watched every race that Chase has won in the last few years, it's it was mostly when Chase had clean air. When it, If he could get out front on a restart, then nobody could touch him. But then this weekend, I heard him over the radio when he was behind Kevin Harvick and he was trying to push Harvick. He said his car felt like there was a parachute on the back. So if he wasn't in clean air, again, why well, I don't understand why you didn't take the bottom and run out front with clean air. But right. if he wasn't in clean air, it was like that that car was just, it wouldn't go. Yeah. It wouldn't go. And then I saw like one of the, I think it was like with two laps to go on Saturday's race, um, Kevin Harvick had a, a huge lead, but Denny Hamlin was side drafting off of him. Or no, Brad Keselowski. Uh, Brad Keselowski side drafting off of Harvick. Harvick side drafting off of him. But they're almost neck and neck for that second to last lap. And Chase, because there's such a big space, Chase has got semi-clean air, cleaner than if he was bumper to bumper, and gets this run and just pushes the crap out of Harvick. And that's ultimately what I think sealed that win for Harvick, uh, pushed him out in front of Kazowski and he was able to hold on to it though. Even at that, the start finish Kazowski made a push for it, but couldn't do it. So I do, I do agree with family man. I believe it is a, a, a Chevrolet issue and not a mm-hmm. Willie B or Chad Kanaus. Cause you can't deny Kanaus's greatness. Speaking of, Oh, Kazalowski. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sunday. Oh, you're going to take out your teammate, dude? Oh, that's gross, You could tell he felt really bad about it, too. As he should. As he yeah. should. But I think, you know, I remember seeing, like, everybody was like, yo, Kez, what the hell, man? Like, this and that. And, like, I'm sure, like, in his mind, he was like, oh, man, like, I know I, I'm going to hear this. I jacked up. Yeah, and he knew he did. He 100% yeah. did, but both of those cars could have contended with Harvick, I believe. They were looking solid, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really very, had a shot. It was very reminiscent of the uh, Chase Logano wreck at Bristol this year, where Kozlowski just drove into that corner so hard, trying to get the edge on him, trying to take the lead from him, just like Chase did to Logano, and then got loose and ran him up the wall. Yep. Yeah. And there ain't nothing you can do about that. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're out there, they're they're wanting to win just like everybody else, so they're trying to push their car just that little extra bit. But sometimes, that's what causes the storm. Yep, I felt bad for him. Blaney Blaney looks so disappointed in that post race and or not even post race, <laughs> post wreck interview. Yeah. Oh, so sad. I'm gonna tell you what. Let me tell you what really pissed me off about that. I both of y'all know I am in a DraftKings slump like I have never been in, ever. And right. I got I had two lineups this weekend. Right. And both of them were contending lineups. At one point I was winning over 300 bucks. And then I have Keselowski in one lineup and I have Ryan Blaney in the other lineup. (laughs) (laughs) So Keselowski with one move destroys both of my freaking lineups. I was like, you that's terrible. I had to go check. I was like, did I put them in the same lineup? Please say I put them in the same lineup. Nope. Two separate ones. Freaking (laughs) kid me. Done. Didn't win a dime. That's brutal. I'm getting I'm getting about sick of this DraftKings slump. I've had enough, but I'll play again this weekend. D, I know you had to run. I know you had some stuff you needed to take care of. Before you go, D, I want to uh, just discuss real quick our picks for the weekend. We know I went with Jones both days in a row. Matt, you started with Amarola on Saturday, right? I was hoping the 10 for 10, man. So maybe it was me that jinxed him. I apologize. Maybe so you can't pick Eric Amarola ever again. Nope, it won't happen. 
And then, do you, who was your pick on Saturday, D? Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman, that's right. And then Alex Bowman was trash. And then yeah. you picked Willie B for Sunday. And yeah. Matt, Matt got mad at you. He was like, every time he picks somebody, dude does horrible. Because you picked KFB <laughs> and he blew a tire. Like 16, lap 16 laps in. I was like, oh my God, Willie B is going to have the worst day of his career right now. He actually was getting up there too. I saw I mean, he, he did have it. six for a minute. And then like he started kind of passing people. And I was like, ooh, like I might have made a decent pick today. And then it, it wasn't too bad. And then it's all the shit. But, yep. you know. Yeah. And we got Daytona Roval coming up. I know Matt and I are stupid excited about this race. I can't wait, dude. I'm like a little schoolgirl. D, is this your first <laughs> Roval then? It is my first Daytona Roval. Oh, so my God. You, so you, didn't, very... you, haven't even, you haven't even watched the Charlotte Roval, right? Uh, no, I have not. Your oh. cherry is about to be popped in the greatest way, bro. This I'm is so all excited. very, very new. And I think, see, and I, I explained this a while ago on Twitter. I think one of the coolest things about being a new nascar fan and then you know getting onto a podcast with people that have been watching it is you know like you get to talk between veteran you know viewers of nascar and somebody new so like that perspective is just kind of like it's really cool to like go back and forth between that so oh i love it all these all these races are you know my first you know this was my first michigan race you know pocono was my first pocono you know I've watched Daytona before years ago, but um, yeah, I've never watched a Roval. I mean, this is all our first Daytona Roval, but Matt and I have experienced Roval life before. Okay. I am so I feel like we should be Skyping during this or at least <laughs> consistently <laughs> texting each other to right? share this experience yeah. with each other. Cause it's it's going to be great. It's going to be great because it's chaos when they are given the opportunity to practice and qualify and stuff like it can go sideways quick. Going to the Daytona Roval, there's none of that, dude. None of that, yeah. See, that's that's what I'm most like, okay, so like now we're not doing any practicing, any qualifying. Like, it's been pretty much a free-for-all at all of these, you know, all of these other tracks. But now it, you're, you're putting everybody on a Roval, no practice, no qualifying. So <laughs> I'm really excited to see how this is going to turn out, but I'm it's sure it's going to be, be a... It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. Because at least those other tracks, they've ran them so many times. Like, they have old data and stuff, and they can mm-hmm. kind of right. tweak their cars based off of that. Right. This is brand new. Oh, I am getting chills. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, girl. I'm getting chills just thinking about the pure chaos. I think that's why Matt and I love having you here, because you do provide a new perspective that, because we're old and kind of set in our NASCAR ways, we get to hear, kind of, we kind of like, re-experiencing this like for it's like a yeah. for the first time through you i yeah. really like hearing what you have to say as someone who is just getting into the sport it's a fresh take I, on things yeah and then i hope it like just builds your fandom even stronger like see and that's that's what like i think you know talking with other people that have been in you know into nascar for so long and it's just like you know some of the you know you see people on twitter you know social media or whatever like uh charlotte 2014 or you know whatever track this year like that was this and that was that you know years down the road it's gonna be you know that's gonna be me it's gonna be oh man you know yep daytona roval 2020 was just an absolute madhouse like you should have seen it then you know we're still running daytona roval and it's gonna turn into a destruction derby bro yeah i'm excited for it i'm really hyped about it so I love D. I love D yes. talking about old NASCAR D. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> That's well, great. Well, great. Well, back in my day, kids, when yep. the Daytona Roval debuted. Right. It'll Sitting be... on the front porch in a rocking chair. Glorious. My grandkids are all around, yep. <laughs> I am so oh, excited man. for you, dude. Uh, well, before you go, uh, let's get your worst take, your greatest take, and if you would change, what would it be about Michigan this weekend? Um, greatest take, Kevin Harvick is a monster. I don't know what is going on with him. I don't know what they've been feeding him. I don't know where he came from with this stuff. I mean, I always knew like Kevin Harvick was like a good driver even before I got into NASCAR. So, you know, 2020 has really solidified that, so... The greatest take I'd say is Kevin Harvick sweeping the weekend is, you know, that's astronomical. So I'd say my worst take, um, it's kind of another boring race. You know, I understand you're not always going to have a, an absolute, you know, firecracker of a race. Um, but it, again, you know, I feel like a broken record player or something, you know, it's those, the last 20 laps, you know, it's something like a caution comes out. I think this week, you know, Alex Bowman's tire pretty much ran away from the car, so right, um, it, it peeled did. right I was off. Just like, like well, there it goes. So, um, but you know, up until that, I mean, you know, a lot of green flag laps, a lot of you know, pretty dry, the Ryan Blaney thing and and Brad Keselowski, you know, getting into each other and stuff. But right, just and, another one of those races. So it was kind of like, all right, and who sweet. knows? Like maybe the more you watch and the longer you follow the sport, you'll find. Things yeah, that see, like to, to watch and enjoy. And that's what I, I thought about that, too. Like, you know, I love watching regardless. Just cause, I mean, I, I love NASCAR. So, you know, to me, it's, you know, racing is racing. But, yeah, I think, you know, that's going to be something, you know, and I've started kind of like looking for other things to watch and like, you know, follow this person or follow this person around the track. So, yeah, I'm definitely kind of starting to get good at picking some of those things out, you know, when the race is kind of dull a little bit. So kind of getting um, to that point where people are running away and stuff yeah yeah no sure. i got you um i don't know if there's anything i'd change it wasn't a terrible race or anything like i said it was you know a little dry but i thought it was a decent race you know i didn't watch saturday i know saturday was pretty good a lot of people were hyped up about that but you know i didn't yeah. think sunday was bad either so the last 20 or saturday was nutty was it yeah, I, yeah that's saturday what i heard insane I heard a lot of people were like, oh, my God, like, this is like this race, man, this race, this race. And I was just like, oh, I'm not watching. But that's what happens when you have friends, Dean. You can't devote your life to NASCAR. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, I got to I got to switch up my priorities, I guess. What a loser. Uh huh. Get your life together, D. I know. I got to I got to fix something. All right, D. Well, it was great talking with you again, and we will see you next Saturday to discuss the Daytona Roval, and hopefully you'll have that in your pocket, man. You can save that episode from next week, and then you can share that with your grandkids. Yeah. That would be great. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. So, as always, nice talking. You know, it's, it's always nice getting together with you guys and talking, and it's always fun. So. Yep. Always a pleasure, brother. <laughs> Word. <laughs> we'll see right. you next week for episode Harvick. Sounds good. Alrighty. Bye. Later. All right. So D's gone now. Uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about. D didn't watch the Road America race this weekend in the Xfinity series. So I want to talk to you about that. But then when I was at your house this weekend, we brought up the Twitter question and I really liked something that your wife had said about it. So I'd like to see if you can get her in here, Matt. 
Yeah, I can go grab it real quick. Hold on. Give me a second. Hello? Hey, girl. Hi. So, I was at your house last week, and we had a discussion about an email that had been sent to us from a follower, and... I really liked what you had to say about it. So I'm going to ask the question again, and then I, um, if you're down, I'd like to hear your perspective. Okay. Okay. So Jeremy asked us, he said, Chad Knauss went his last 17 months with JJ without a win. He is yet to win a race with William Byron. Is Knauss holding Byron back? If not, why hasn't Willie B won yet? My answer to that is no, Chad Knauss is not holding William Byron back. They've only been together two years, and in any relationship, you have to learn how to communicate with each other, to understand each other, to build trust, respect, and blind faith. So if you look at it, Jimmy Johnson had seven championships, correct? Mm-hmm. Chad Knauss was with him for 17 years. It took a while to build up that trust with each other. That faith that they have in their crew chiefs to just make the right call at the right moment and no questions asked. William Byron is new to the sport of running a cup race. And William Byron's a completely different driver than Jimmy Johnson was. So he has to learn the terminology that took Chad Canals and Jimmy Johnson to the championship. Yep. They have to build that relationship with each other to go on blind trust that the other one is making the right call. Right. And then, like you said, he was with Jimmy for so long, and now he's with this young kid. So Chad Knauss is having to completely relearn how to be a crew chief now. Starting from the bottom. Right. Stage one. I love that you mentioned terminology, Eric Amarola and hot dogs. All I know is I was hungry for hot dogs. Right? That poor guy heard hot dog and he had a little post-it note in his car that said, stay out. Maybe they meant corn dog. Maybe. I wonder if that was the other one. If corn dog was stay out and hot dog was was come in. Yeah. Maybe it was hot dog, corn dog, you know? Yeah. And all he heard was dog. (laughs) He just heard dog. (laughs) Too many people were talking on the radio and it cut out and all he heard was dog. And he's like, I'm going to go with hot dog because I'm hot. It's possible. (laughs) It's a possibility. Yes. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for giving me your perspective. I like what you had to say about that. And I think it was something that I probably would have thought about eventually. But at the time, like, it just wasn't something that was right there in my mind. It wasn't in the forefront like that. So I appreciate you giving us your perspective, your take on the Jimmy and or, uh, Jimmy Canals, William Byron thing. Yes, anytime. Thanks, girl. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you, baby. Christine brought up terminology. And all I could think about was Eric Amarola staying out. Yep. But it didn't work out. But at the same time, it oh, if it had, nobody came down pit road with him. It was like when Chase came down all alone. Yep. And they left him out hanging out, out there all by himself. And Kozlowski won the race. But had He was still it putting out, on a show. Was he not? Yes, he was. He was holding his own. He was sitting on it, out there with old tires low fuel and he was keeping harvick back i liked it i liked it a lot 100 percent. it was solid i was impressed for sure but you know we everybody knows if they listen we're we're amarola fans over here yep um so that road america race xfinity race this weekend 
So I was only fortunate enough to catch the final stage. Yeah. But from what I've seen, man. It was insane. It, it was good. I want the cups. I want the cup series to go there so bad. How amazing would it be to see all our guys, all our top guys racing at Road America, that four mile going up hills, down hills, turning left, turning right. Like if it starts raining, we got windshield wipers and different tires. Like, ah, uh, cause It'd that be great. rain, that rain, I'm sitting there like, how in the heck did anyone who was not restarting first or second see? Because it was just a cloud of mist and the windshield wipers were going insane. I don't. <laughs> How weird is that, though, to sit there and watch a NASCAR race and see windshield wipers? Right? That's wild. It'd be like if they had headlights. That'd freak me out. And I can only imagine how hard that track is, like, during perfect conditions mm-hmm. compared to running it in the rain. Because, you know, like, if you have, if you're sitting here, say we're at Daytona for the 500 and... We're running on this track and we run, complete the first stage and it's 97 degrees outside and it's humid or maybe not so humid, but it's Daytona. It's always humid. It's the South. Right. And then these cars are just sitting there laying down rubber, laying down rubber and it's building up on the track. The conditions are ripe. They're perfect. And then here comes a typical Florida summer thunderstorm that just drops rain on the track and well... Daytona 500 is not running in the summer, but washes all the rain or all the rubber off the track. And now these guys are restarting this race. The track's cooler. The rubber's gone. It's starting to get darker. Like the track is completely changing. So now the cars that were performing up front during this race are falling back because their cars were set up for a different track. So could you imagine being out there? You're running on slicks. The sun's out. Then all of a sudden down comes the rain. You have to change to your rain tires. And then you're out there running on rain tires in the rain. The rain goes away. The sun heats up the track. The track's dry. You got to change back to slicks. Could you even imagine what that was like for a driver? Right. I think it really shows who can drive. Because you got to be able to adapt on the fly like that. Mm -hmm. At that point, like it's being able to, like you have to be able to drive the same car that you brought there to win with. Now with different tires and different track condition. Like it's it's gonna perform differently. Without a doubt. And poor Allgaier. Allgaier's wreck was insane. Girl, and, I got scared. And he's Justin Allgaier is a great um road course driver. He really is a really good road course driver and was doing so well and then that wreck happened and I think Jeffrey Earnhardt was involved in that one as well. Um the, that race was scary. If he'd have hit that first wall, that was terrifying. I I honestly think it was like almost split his car in half. Like wrapped him around, almost like um I don't. Do you remember? God, I have no idea how long ago it was, but it was. I'm pretty sure it was Michigan, and Mark Martin came yep, down. I know exactly what you're talking about. When he yeah, when he came down pit road sideways, spinning out all kinds of crazy, and then he hit the wall where the cars could go back to the garage, and it hit right behind his driver's seat. Yep. That scared the crap out of me. That's another it, one of those butthole puckers right there. Without a doubt. And that's what that that's what that wreck reminded me of this weekend at Road America. Yeah, because if he would have hit that, man. Yeah. Even if even one. if it was on the passenger side, if he would have hit that first wall, like right there, like it could have got ugly quick because he was moving through that grass. He was flying. <laughs> he was flying through that grass. That was crazy. So 
I just wanted to hit the Road America race real quick since we didn't really get to talk about it with D since we didn't watch the race. Um, congratulations to Austin Cindric for winning that race. It was well fought, well earned. 100%. Uh, I guess we'll wrap up with our best, worst, and what we would change uh, of Michigan. Okay. Okay. Um, Best. Let me think. Okay. So my best take with this past weekend, I think, would have to be, I mean, obviously the fact that it's a doubleheader. Who doesn't want more races? Right. But then the fact that they inverted the top 20, I love that. But then seeing all those dudes drive right back up there. Yeah. They, they had solid cars. Harvick is proof. Three stages and two wins, like, that's solid. 2020 is the Harvick show, man. Right. Um, My worst take? Dude, I it's it's gotta be Kozlowski taking out Blaney. Like <laughs> that's brutal, bro. Especially when they had such good cars. Oh, such good cars. And we and we we discussed Blaney last week on what's going on with that guy. Like you're up there, you're winning stages, but you can't finish a race. And then here he is up here. Granted, he didn't win a stage because that was all Harvick, also except for Boyer, but. Uh, he's up there, and he's a, he, he was a contender. He was a contender, and then Kozlowski just swipes him out. Oh, that's gross. So rude. So um, rude, Brad. If I had one thing I could change, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to think of something to change because I've been to that track so many times in person. I just I love it. I didn't know you've been to Michigan because you go to the you've been to the Kansas race a lot, right? I've been to Kansas. Uh, we went to. Fontana, I went with you. That was solid. Yeah, we went to Fontana together. But Kansas, I've been to Texas like three times. I want to say I've been to Michigan like ten times. Was okay. Maybe Michigan's the one I'm thinking of. Is Michigan the one where you did the Richard Petty experience? Nope, that was that actually was at Kansas. Kansas, which was okay. dope as shit. But Bucket Michigan, list. like we would go up there like a week early and we would just camp out and party. That's the best. I'm oh, telling you, it's I so gotta, good. I gotta. We gotta do that in Talladega. We gotta get a camper. I don't care. I'll sleep For in my sure, car. Girl. Because I 100% slept in my car at the Charlotte night race. I'm, uh, I'm down. Because I'm telling you, so that's maybe why like, I have such fond childhood memories to that track. Yeah. I don't. There's nothing I would change about it. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, what so, about you, girl? What you got? Uh, my greatest take, I'm going with, and I thought you were going to steal this for me, so thank you for not. I'm in love with the cheese cone, man. I absolutely love the cheese cone. 100%. I'm right there with you, girl. I hope it never goes away, ever. No, I don't want it to. It I changes not... the dynamics so much. Like It does. Like you said earlier during the podcast, like it's in the driver's hands at that point. And KFB made a good point this weekend when they asked him what he thought about it. He was like, you know, I used to get mad when I'd get stuck on the bottom, or stuck on the inside line. He was like, and now if I'm down on the bottom, I chose it. So I'm here. Might as well make the best of it. Right. I like that. Um, and I think that like, it, it just alters the race so much because we're not restarting with the same guys running the top 10. Now a guy who was in 15th or 20th has the opportunity to restart on third or fourth, whatever, and see if right. he can get up there and contend with those guys, you know, Less instead traffic of having to worry to, exactly about. instead of having to drive all the way through that traffic. And I think we saw it work out a lot this weekend. And I think we saw it kind of, not be the most beneficial to some drivers. Chase Elliott, with your picking the high line, I'm not going to stop picking on you because I hate that call. Um, right. So what would you change? I, I think I'm with you. I don't think I'd change anything about Michigan. I 
I love the races this weekend. I thought um, I thought the choose cone just made it so more interesting. I I love stages honestly. Ever since they brought stages back into NASCAR, or not back in, it was never there. Ever since they brought stages into NASCAR, I think that's just changed it up. And now we add the cone to it also. And then you know it, it's not Michigan. I would change the damn packages because I'm sick of watching Chevy suck. Yeah. And Ford and Toyota dominate, honestly. Yeah. I think that pretty much does it for episode Della and Hart, hashtag number three. Um, so if we want to, Matt, you want to give them where they can find us, where they can listen to us? Podcast can be found on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, like pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. We're, we're there. Just Google us, look us up, Fast Cars and Freedom, we'll be there. So where can they find us on social media? Hey, guys, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at NASCAR WTN, Instagram NASCAR WTN, and Facebook at Fast Cars and Freedom. And then, guys, please send us your questions. Uh, we've had questions the last two weeks from listeners. We love hearing what you guys have to say. We love putting it out there on Twitter and then interacting with everyone who listens to us. Um, so email us questions at fastcarsandfreedomwtn at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, guys, because we're giving away koozies to the first person who guesses the race winner correctly. And the same guy won both days this weekend. Back to back. Back to back. Paul. Paul on Twitter has got two koozies headed his way. They are getting put in the mail tomorrow, Paul. So you will see those soon. Um, and we've got more. And we're going to play every week with you guys. So get your picks in before that green flag drops. Win yourself a koozie. We hope to see you in victory lane.